0: The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on The Break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
1: It is Wednesday, October 6th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 35. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And I have to admit... Last night I was thinking, man, I really don't know how we're going to lead the show today. Uh, I know we're going to talk to Bucky and talk a little bit about the uh, the the um, the New York Giants, their offense, but I really didn't know what we we're going to well, talk about. And then literally, we were, yeah. literally about thirty minutes later, the news breaks, and I'm like, we got our first segment. Here we go. It first might take, segment, right? We it might actually take show. a lot more than that, but God. Um, but and again, I'm not, I am not at all rejoicing in another man's sorrow. Uh, I never am happy when a player gets released, Uh, but I do understand the business of football, and the business of football said that this was something that probably needed to happen. Timing was interesting, but Jalen Smith, released by the Dallas Cowboys last night, Mike McCarthy said in his press conference a few minutes ago that this was a big-picture roster move. Uh, he said he said they felt like this was the best time to do it, uh, and it wasn't an easy decision for them is what he said. Uh, they still owe him, I think, what is it, $7 million for this yeah. season, a little over that. So the question for you guys is, and I think these are two different questions, so answer them as such. Why and why now? So let's start first with you, Nick. Why?
2: Um, I think that – I think. It, it is a big-picture move, and, and I've said this before. I said this on the radio. This is a situation of I'm going to get you before you get me. That's what I believe. That's why I think it's a why now. Explain that. He's on the hook for $7 million this year. That, that Nothing can change with that. Next year, if he's hurt in any way, and I'm talking about hurt for March 15th or whenever the new league year is, hurt, can't pass a physical because he had a surgery or something, that's $9 million. His agent would be the dumbest agent in the world if they didn't figure out a way to do that. So that's a way. That would be they could get him, they could get the Cowboys. I think this is a way of I'll get you before you get me. We don't feel like you're a good enough player to do this for next year. We've already made our bet this year. You're not playing a whole lot, so you're playing okay. Let's just move on and give you another opportunity. I think on I think those two things go hand in hand. I did do. Too. And that's what I what I
3: stress to people when we talk about this is like nobody woke up yesterday and there's like a Jalen switch and they flipped it. You know nobody woke up and decided like this is the day that this has happened. These are conversations that have been happening probably since February, mm-hmm. and then again in March, and then again in April, and then again after you draft Micah Parsons, and then again after you draft Jab- Jabril Cox. And then again, like every day during training camp and during the preseason. this is And this isn't to make us sound smart. We were caught completely off guard, just like the rest of the world. But have we not heard whispers of this being a possibility since mid-August? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you don't want to believe me, that's fine. But it's just the facts. We can't go public right. with everything we hear in this job. This is something they've been considering. Jalen has got us bent over a barrel. We're stuck with this contract through this year. The minute the league year started, we knew that. We weren't really planning on drafting Micah Parsons. We weren't really planning on Jabril Cox falling to us at 115. We thought he'd be long gone by the time day three started. Both of those things happened. So now we got all these guys. Well, let's go to training camp and give the new defensive coordinator a chance to figure this whole thing out and see who can play and who can't play and who picks up the scheme. How good is Parsons really? Turns out he's awesome. Uh, and I think that I mean that that's a big part of it. Obviously, you hope the number twelve overall pick is is good enough, but you're not going to make those decisions until you see it. So Parsons checks every box. You get into the season, you even see you're like, and I completely believe Mike McCarthy. Jalen Smith has seemed to have a great attitude about this whole thing. Honestly, I don't have a bad thing to say about him as a person. All of my criticism has mainly just been he hasn't lived up to his contract, not even close. Um, so then you get into the season and you say, all right, well, let's platoon this thing and see how it works. You've played a month. you got four games of tape. The issues are there for anybody that wants to see them. you got a really promising rookie. They've also had a chance for Jabril Cox to practice and kind of show them. They're like, okay, like we, we feel good about him as a secondary option. We're not going to throw him into the starting lineup, but between Neal, Van Der Esch, Parsons, and then throw in Cox as well, we feel pretty good about this. And then to Nick's point, they say... If anything happens to this guy, we're on the hook for next year's salary, too. We're going to have to pay him $9 million. And so I've been talking for 10 minutes at this point, but it's all, mm-hmm. all of this has to be considered. Like I said, you didn't wake up one day and we're like, we finally admit that this guy's not good. He can't play. We're cutting him today. That's not how it works. It is six months of analysis and conversation from 10 different places. McCarthy had a role in this. Quinn had a role in this. The front office had a role in this. And, and the players as well, because the young guys had to prove that they were capable of handling that role. And they got together Tuesday, and they were like, yeah, this seems like as good a time
2: as any. Well, they, he would also think it was getting to a point where he was going to be inactive. And, really? Yeah, I do. I mean, wow. I think in week one, he was almost inactive. And but it's almost like the politics of we want to do this, and we know this is going to be a distraction because it's not a distraction when Luke Gifford's inactive. You know, I mean, that's just it is. Jalen's inactive, then that's a story. and People talk about that. So I it's think, definitely our headline. Yeah. So I think it's more of a <laughs> hey, let's just do it. Let's do it now. Everything Dave said, get it out of the way. I think I think the Donovan Wilson of all people, I think he kind of helps that too. He comes back at safety, or he's getting close to coming back. J. Ron Curse is such a dynamic player. Him and Keon O'Neill can help with the nickel stuff. I mean, there's just there's just ways of like maybe Jalen doesn't need to be on the field, and then factoring it all in, it's you know there's there's a lot to it. And, and I believe Mike McCarthy when he says this was a difficult decision. Um, I don't I don't think he should have said that he, he has played excellent football because you, you don't cut excellent players. You don't cut excellent players when you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, you've already paid for it. Yeah. You only cut excellent players because of the salary cap. But even at that point, they're not excellent anymore. That's already spent money, though. So that doesn't even Those cap casualties are You're good never, players. Yeah. They're not excellent players. Yeah. So You're never that. cutting a guy that's at the top of his game. But, I mean, the thing about Jalen, too, I think we need to, we need to talk about this. We, we had a mailbag question about his legacy and all that. I mean, we're gonna. I guess we'll get to that no, good, here. Good. But I just, like... W- everybody on the on here on this show and some more than others some aren't here but but everybody <laughs> gives Jalen his you know he it just is an eye roll all the time but is he a bad guy like the thing is is you know we we could have gotten cute swipe left haha but it's not funny that guy has never been a jerk to anyone in the media, and he could have been he i mean he's been he could have been real surly could have, he hasn't. He's got a good attitude. People don't like it. People don't they think he's delusional. They think he's unaware of the situation or just doesn't care or he's fake or whatever. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, I I I I never really I never disliked him um at all. And I just think, you know, people he's maybe misunderstood, but uh, you know, it's 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 a kind of a, it's up in the air on did he have a successful story or, or not? Because he's been cut Yes, here. he had
1: a successful story yeah, because I think he so played too. professional well, football. And, and basically, I don't know how many of us or anybody that was watches football thought at the moment that he had that injury in that bowl game, I think most people felt like at best he will get into the NFL and, and not do anything. Yeah. And he had one year, one year when he too. was... Well, Okay, that's fine. He had two good seasons. I I was going to say that one year to me was a standout year. That was a year when I look at him and I'm like, he was every bit as good as any other middle linebacker that you want to look at around the league, in my opinion. Maybe not better, but he was just as good as those guys in that one year for me. I mean, Nick, I'm stealing this point straight from Nick. He opened my eyes to this. I don't remember
3: when he said it, but the thing that people hate about Jalen is the obliviousness, the naivete that everything's mm. going to be alright, even though you can see me mm. just trailing Odell Beckham by 15 right. yards. I, everything's great. It's the same attitude that got him there in the true. first place. Yes. It's so true because all, like, I remember in 2016, standing there talking to the guy and I'm like, my dude, Your foot is in a brace to keep it upright. Like you can't walk without the assistance of a medical device. How can you possibly be this upbeat and confident that you're going to be okay? And he was, and it worked. And and I wrote this in the mailbag. Like it's just it just completely encapsulates the nature of the NFL that he came from this low point of his life and got to a crazy high, got a sixty-five million dollar contract out of it. And just a little over two
1: years later, he's not good enough to be on the roster. How much do you guys think that this affects the locker room? Because there's been some talk about that from the standpoint that he at least has a perception from the outside looking in that he is a leader of this defense. Um, Is that what you perceive? I do think that most of the guys in the locker room like him. I haven't heard players necessarily have bad things to say about him. How do you think this affects the locker room in this type of situation? Where, by the way, they're playing really well right now.
2: I don't think it affects it at all. If it does, it affects it in a positive way. I really believe. In what way? I think the fact that they, the media looks and sees this guy can't play anymore. He can't run. The players see it. They know it. You know, and um, I I think you know when a guy's standing up in the room, and you know, it's hard to be a leader when you're not a great player. It's
1: really hard. Yeah, but the flip side to that is, and we probably have all seen this type of situation. There's sometimes people who they mean so much to everybody in the room it's not really about their production as much as it is their presence their presence just brings something to the room even though you know they're not at their best and you know why because you know what yeah. he, what he's been through like, there's still something about their presence that has a way of motivating people, has a way of kind of, you know, you don't know, is he that kind of dude that when someone's having an off day, he's the one that goes and sits down in a locker and says, man, you got hey. this, you good. Like, those kinds
2: of things matter, right? Dave, before you weigh in on this, I'm just going to say, if this if this football team at 3-1 and one can't figure out a way to get up for the New York Giants because a guy, that because their fifth linebacker's not Absolutely. there, then shame on them. Absolutely. I don't think it affects them at all. Get ready to play. hey. It doesn't matter where you're playing. Home, way, parking lot, the moon, right? Because Jason Garrett's coming there we in. Go. So, you know what? Get that was ready. such
1: a good Jason Garrett. I said, <laughs> God. I, Everything I, about that was yeah. just... I
3: hate the way he's left an imprint on me. Because last night I was like, look, this comes with the dinner. I say that all the time. Um, I think I think Jalen Smith is very well liked. I don't yeah. think that he is followed you know i mean mm. that's a good i'll sit here right now and tell you like dak is the heartbeat of this team that they go where he goes mm-hmm. um Who's and that it, guy on the defense <sighs> tbd I, I mean was it was it jaylen no, i don't think so
2: and that's there was, was there I was, was about a clip to say is trayvon diggs's middle name start with a b i mean is that tbd <laughs> there we go that's <laughs> what that's what he honestly that's his initials
3: give it three more weeks and it might be number 11 seriously it might already. It be might already be. Which actually, yeah. there's precedent for this. I brought this up last night, and I firmly believe it. To Nick's point, this team's kicking ass right now. You know what solves everything? Winning, Winning games. Yeah. It wasn't. He wasn't cut. But remember where this team was in August of 2016, when the only reason that they had ever been good in the last decade got hurt, and it was doom and gloom. And then Dak gets them off to a four and one, five and one start, and people like Dez Bryant. Who Tony Romo made his career is like, I don't know, man. I don't Jason Witten. Yeah, Whitten. same thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't think we can be pulling this four yeah. guy out of the lineup yeah. if you're winning. For I mean, sorry if it's disrespectful. Nobody gives a damn, and they're winning, and they're good, and it's no disrespect to Jalen. It's not because of him, and so I am not worried about it to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah,
2: and and you know, you ask another question why I, I was talking to you in your office before. Yeah, here's a, here's a reason why I was looking at the stats. Okay. He has 19 tackles this year. That's fourth on the team. That was a little surprising to me to think it was that high. It's more than Micah Parsons. It's more than a few players. But on the way the stats were laid out, there's tackles, and then there's everything else. There's a sacks. There's the interceptions, forced fumbles, for, uh, fumble recoveries, pass deflections, uh, hurries, tackles for loss, all these things. He had zero. He had nothing on there. The f- top 14 players on the list have something. They have an interception, they have fumble, they have hurries, they have tackles. They have something. Jalen has absolutely nothing on that. And so, yes, he's playing and tackling, but he's not making plays. He's out there doing stuff and doing his job, but not to the point of anything else that you bring to the table. And I thought that was kind of important to look at it and go, Yeah, he's playing okay, but he doesn't give you anything else. The other 14 guys gives you something. I'm not trying to make jokes, but we talked about it last year. It's like,
3: I don't think it's a coincidence that he's usually diving on the pile at the end of these plays. And that's, you know, there are people out there on social media that are like, He's led the team in tackles X amount of years I'm like, "No, I don't care. If 90% of those are 8, 10, 12 yards down the field, it's not a meaningful stat. It's the leading, just
2: not." The, I tell you this and 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 there's a guy that just about to get cut in New England, right? That everybody's talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay? Why do they want the why do the Cowboys want him to replace who? Who do they want to replace? Anthony Brown. Okay,
1: who you know leads the team in tackles? Make sure you say it. Well, why do Cowboys fans want them to replace? Right, I mean, yeah.
2: fans want to get. Yeah. The, I want Stephon you said Gilmore. why the Cowboys?
1: I don't want no people no, no Cowboys are, fans. Yeah. They yeah.
2: want Stephon Gilmore so they can replace Anthony Brown, who leads the team in tackles. No one cares. No one wants that. and It's not for good reason that he leads the team in tackles. Yeah. So, you know, that's 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 wild
3: that a cornerback leads the team in tackles. That's right. actually, yeah that's, that's thing. Thing. yeah, that's not a great thing. not a good thing. Yeah, it's
2: not a great thing. Because this guy over here, you know, I don't want to mess with him. And when <laughs> we do, it, it goes the other way. So, you know, Anthony Brown gets his share. And Anthony Brown's playing
1: okay. He is. Honestly, Anthony Brown, to me, is having probably as good to a start to a season as I've seen from him. Yeah. Now, he's going to and, and get even more attention now. The more attention that Diggs gets... The more attention that he's going to get in future weeks, because defenses are going to say we're going to go at him. But I think he's played fairly well for who he for for what he's done in his career.
2: Yeah, and, and what's the one play Anthony Brown that we remember? Well, there's been two that he did miss the tackle against the the Chargers. But the other play that everyone kind of remembers, yeah, what done, yeah. Anthony Antonio Brown? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a what what done, yeah. That was one that you know. After talking to a few people, you're like, well, Casey was the one that kind of.
3: I love the irony. I don't disagree with anything you've just said, and I think Anthony Brown's been pretty good too. Um He's public enemy number one now. Oh yeah, Jalen Smith is. a oh, it's, yeah, target just moved. The target shifted about eight <laughs> yards to the right, and it's. I'm mean, sorry, Anthony. It just yeah. is what it is. Here's where you are in your career, bro. Yeah. Hey, That's I. Too bad, bad. Anthony Brown's a sixth round pick who got to a second deal. And now, by the way, there's three guys left from 2016 now. Top five Cowboy draft class ever, right? That's fair, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So top five draft top five, class yeah. ever. Who's left? The number four overall pick the franchise quarterback that you tripped over, and
1: Anthony Brown. So I promise so you, Anthony is, right. he, he is he's right.
3: fine. Yeah. Anthony Brown doesn't give a damn what you think.
1: And by the way, his career will not be over. If after this year, the Cowboys move on. His career will not be over. He'll play somewhere else. He'll have another few years of, of good production. So for him, as a six-round pick, he's already overachieved what you would expect he from those six-round He overachieved week one of
2: his rookie year because yeah. he was in the starting lineup. Yeah. When, he, when he was talking trash to Steve Smith from the Ravens, that's when I was like, Wow, this guy has <laughs> got a little something
1: to him. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. He's playing quite with against
2: quite literally. Steve Smith? Yeah, and the, wow. that rookie year oh, against you don't the Ravens. remember that?
1: No, I'm just saying Steve Smith's been out for a minute, so it just kinda, it the NFL it kinda puts weird in context, man. yeah. Sante Samuel's kid
3: started against this team two weeks very ago. True. Yeah, very true. So
1: what
2: I mean, what's next for Jalen? I mean, he's gonna I mean Man, I, he's gonna play in the NFL. He's gonna play, but he'll play for a little bit more, but has he got Media? I mean, in his future? Business? I think business for sure. Business for sure. Business
1: for sure. He knows what he's doing on that front. He's got a whole program where he's working with young entrepreneurs. He gets that part. Like, he's not a dumb guy. Remember, he went to Notre Dame. Dumb people don't go to Notre Dame, I don't think. So, I mean, I I think he's got a a bright future in whatever he wants to get into. Um, I don't know about the media thing for him, just because I don't know if he's as likable in that kind of way from the standpoint of, like, fans really like when he talks I don't know that he's saying things that people are just like oh my god I love listening to this guy talk he's not like Randy like you listen to Randy talk you're like man I love listening to this guy talk he always has insightful things to say I think Jalen's more of kind of the can thing so I don't know if that works from a media yeah, standpoint he
3: would have to drop the shtick to do that for a right. living because I he, he was here for six years and I never felt like I was getting something authentic from him the whole time right. which again it goes back to the whole thing of like that helped him recover from his injury clear eye view but I, don't, I think it yeah. wears thin
1: after yeah. a while. But I do think he'll be successful in whatever else he decides. To I do mean, that's here. and I know it,
3: it, it annoyed people because he wasn't playing up to his contract. But, yeah, he's impressive with I mean, He's got small businesses in like Florida and Indiana yeah. and he's helped people, entrepreneurs invest. And it's he's very he gives to the community and all that. Like, again, don't have a bad thing to say about the guy as a person just, it's unfortunate what happened with this contract.
1: Alright, we're going to take our first break when we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, Bucky Brooks of NFL Network, we'll talk, uh, shift the conversation a little bit, talk about the New York Giants offense versus the Cowboys defense we may even ask him a little bit about Jalen Smith, we'll do that when we come right back, this is Cowboys.com radio
2: Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is back for another exciting season. Don't miss new episodes every Friday at 9, 8 central,
1: only on CMT. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, We're joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. And, Bucky, I want to start today with the news of the day. Uh, Give me your thoughts when you first heard the news that Jalen Smith uh, is no longer with the Cowboys. I know you had mentioned, I think it was last week or Mm -hmm. week before, that you thought he actually was playing better this year. What were your thoughts when you first heard the Cowboys made the move?
4: Um, just maybe surprised by the timing I thought if this move was going to be made it would have made during training camp. So all you have to do is follow the tea leaves. Teams typically give you bird droppings and let you know what they're thinking. When the cowboys draft two linebackers uh, relatively high in the draft and telling you that they have an issue at linebacker that. They wanted to resolve. When they sign another veteran in Keanu Neal, who's a safety that they're moving the linebacker, it tells you that they don't believe in the linebackers that they currently have. And so when I looked at the situation coming out of training camp, I expect them to be one of the guys that might have been let go at the end of camp. Because normally when you have a surplus, you make the move in, then you're not necessarily tied into some of the money, depending upon how the deal was worked out, particularly when money guarantees for, rookie, for veterans after the first week. Well, now that he made the team, and you now you're on the hook for the $7.2 million, I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe he's going to be around because, look, the Cowboys thing had been working. The defense had been playing well. Even though he wasn't starting, he was coming in, and he was doing a good job in the role that he was assigned to do. Look, I'm not saying that he was playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he certainly wasn't awful when he was on the field. And because the team was winning, typically you try not to mess with the culture of the locker room when things are going well. That said, the league is now evolving to where you're seeing more of these teams play with two linebackers extensively. And then that other guy is a safety hybrid, a nickel, uh, somebody else, because you have to be fast, athletic, and you have to be able to do things in coverage. Jalen Smith certainly can do that. But in listening to your guys' points in terms of where he may wind up, I would expect him to see him in the league. And I think what you have to do is Look at the coaches that followed, that he coached, that coached him before. They tend to still see those older players glowingly. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jalen Smith make his way to the Raiders just because when you think about the Raiders and their defensive woes, he could potentially be a fit there because Rob Marinelli could maybe bless him and endorse him. That might be a place because the Raiders have a tradition of trying to take retreads and miscasts and giving them an opportunity to fun regain their career rebuild their career happy Thanksgiving. happy thanksgiving <laughs> <That's>,
2: <laughs> yeah
3: for all the jokes we make about the giants that a lot of cowboys have wound up in vegas since rod got there no doubt about so no That's doubt. for sure yeah. I,
2: when he's when he first said that bucky i thought my first thought was eberflus was eberflus even here when i think he was yeah right? he was for,
3: yeah for a little while
2: yeah so i would mm-hmm. I, and he's still with the He's Colts. with the Colts. Colts. Yeah, Colts. Yeah, not on the schedule. That's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everything that he, he screams Raiders uh, with him. So if that, that happens, that would make a lot of sense. And Let me ask you this, uh, Bucky. You, you talked about those safeties that now kind of have that role in the nickel. What player do you think plays the most now with him no longer on the roster? He was fourth on the team in tackles, Jalen Smith. So which player do you think kind of takes a little bit more of the bulk of his snaps?
4: Well, I mean, I think the two players, the national going to mind, Keanu Neal and Jabril Cox. I think you got to get those guys into the mix and get them into rotation. I think, Camille, I, think, I think Keanu Neal gets the first bite of the apple just because of the familiarity with the system, the trust that Dan Quinn already has in him, and his ability, just in watching how he played in training camp, his ability to potentially come down over the tight end, his ability to be in the box and be comfortable. I think he is the one that probably is first up, but... If Jabril Cox gets a chance to get on the field and shows the team that he's ready to play, I think he certainly would get more playing time. He was drafted for a reason. He was drafted to occupy this role. They wanted to get younger. And I think the bigger surprise is Leighton Van Der Esch playing well and DQ falling in love with what Van Der Esch could bring to the table. Could make it a situation with a linebacker who has LVE. Michael Parsons on one side, Jabril Cox on the other. So you have the veteran with two young dynamic athletes playing. And now you just kind of get after it because the goal of the defense is to be faster and more athletic.
3: So Buck, my goal last night, I was planning on having like a quiet night. I was going to have the baseball game on in the background and watch the Giants saints game on my laptop. And that just got completely nuked at like seven and probably six forty-five. <laughs> so I haven't seen it. Um, I have, I've, I've been convinced for a long time that Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. And then he goes into the Superdome and drops 400 yards on the Saints. So what happened? And is it is it the sign of, of him turning a corner? Or what, I mean, what are, what are we talking about
4: here? Is he good now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he's, he's, be, <clears throat> he's beginning to turn the corner. He's beginning to make plays. And um, second – game that we've seen this year. One was the Washington football team. He played pretty well in that game, uh, even though they came up short, partially because they jumped off sides on a field goal attempt. And then he played really well against the Saints. And I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for the Cowboys. Hey, this dude is pretty athletic. He's pretty good. And they're doing some things that fit his wheelhouse. They're using his talents. He can throw the ball and push it outside, but he is a very athletic and borderline dynamic athlete who can make things happen when he's running the ball. So, you'll see quarterback draws. You'll see the occasional read option stuff to keep the defense honest. And he'll take off and run. And so, as he's beginning to get more comfortable working under Jason Garrett, we're beginning to see some of the things that led the Giants take him when he was playing at Duke. He is not a slouch now. He's, I'm not quite ready to say, hey, he's elite. But he, he's playing pretty well, and he could be problematic if you don't give him the proper respect and attention that he needs coming into this game.
1: They played that game at New Orleans uh, without Sterling Shepard or Darius Slay, uh, and, and, and they had their best, obviously, the best offensive performance Darius of the Slayton. season. Sorry, Darius Slayton? I'm sorry, like, damn, Darius Slayton. Sorry, damn, what happened here? Um, okay, so sorry. Who fill those roles, and what challenges do they present that are different uh, from the starters?
4: Well, I mean, I, I think the one thing with, like, Sterling Shepard is a nice, like, number two, number three option. I think his best stuff is when he gets in the slot and he's able to work. He's one of the cleanest route runners that you'll find. So he can twist and turn and get your DBs all in a tizzy with his route running ability. Kenny Galladay is the guy that they brought over to be the number one receiver. He is supposed to anchor the passing game. I don't know if it's the right role for his skill set, but he's playing that role. So when you didn't have Shepard, what happened is Kadarius Toney, their first-round pick, got more opportunities to play and more balls went in his direction. Kenny Galladay got more balls hit in his direction. And then Saquon Barkley emerged. And we know if you have three dynamic playmakers on an offense, you can make that thing work. And so now they have some confidence because they moved the ball down the field. It's the most explosive that we've seen. So if you're Jason Garrett and you're the Giants, you now try and figure out, okay, how can we build upon the effort that we put together against a really solid New Orleans Saints defense uh, I think they come with a lot of confidence, and I think they try and find a way to pick up where they left off against the Saints.
2: All right, Bucky, when the Giants have the ball, take it on the Cowboys' defense. Who is the best player from Penn State on the field <laughs> right then? <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be?
4: The best player on the field from Penn State? Yeah. Look, Michael Parsons is playing great, but Saquon Barkley <laughs> is a difference maker, right. and he is showing no ill effects right now from the knee. And so what we saw in the last game, we saw the big playability. Right. Now, he is not this guy that I'm going to say you, but his production kind of goes like this guy goes. So when back in the day when I was playing, Barry Sanders was the thing where you see negative run, two-yard gain, five-yard gain, 50-yard gain. That's how Saquon Barkley's production is. So you have to give him enough touches to live through some of the bad moments mm-hmm. so you can be explosive, see the explosive pop. When Sorry. they give him the ball 20 to 25 times, at some point, he is going to pop because he's just too good, too dynamic, too versatile as a runner and a receiver to make things happen. It's really important that all eyes are on 26. He is the guy that you have to throw a blanket on. Make those other guys win the game. You can't let him get loose because when he gets loose, they certainly can win.
2: It's like that old heavyweight fighter that he may may not have what he used to, but he can still have that one punch, and that one punch can knock you out.
4: Oh, well, no, nah, he's not like that. I'm not saying that he, he's washed up. I think No, not washed up, is, but you, you got to watch
2: him. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. you got to watch him because he can explode at any time. And he may go through a lull in a game where you see 10 carries where he doesn't really scratch. But on the 11th, it's a 35-yard game. And then you look at the end of the game, he might have a 100-yard day, but it's one of those where it's not a steady drip. It is flood, then a famine. <laughs> like, it's it's, it's it's really different in terms of, watching his production, but that going all the way back to Penn State, that's how he was productive. He's not like the steady eddy grinder that Ezekiel Elliott was at Ohio State and how Ezekiel Elliott has been with the Cowboys. He is boom or bust when it comes to his production.
3: So the Giants caught a lot of grief last year because they took Andrew Thomas first in that amazing tackle class, and he was the worst of the group last year. But I, I, I feel like I'm seeing things, reading things, that his level of play is improving, or, or am I wrong about that? How's he holding up over there, left
4: tackle? No, I mean, he's doing better. I mean, he's doing better. And there was a lot of surprise about uh, Andrew Thomas going first. But, you know, like what we're learning is, A, what we thought about players prior to the draft, we got to give them the benefit of the doubt when they get to their new teams and they get to the environment because then it becomes about how do they fit within the scheme. Part of the reason why he was drafted and selected was due to Joe Judge's relationship with Kirby Smart. He, he, he really went in on the opinion of his buddy, his former colleague, Kirby Smart. And so they thought that he would be the one who was most ready to play because of the experience that he had, the long arms, the, the, the pedigree, per se. And so he struggled. But a lot of guys, like the second year is really when you see the, the jump from how they played their first year to the second year, we have seen a bit of a jump. It hasn't been all-star caliber. But it's certainly been solid for them. And what the Giants needed, they needed solid play after getting so much shoddy play from the offensive line for years.
1: All right, Bucky, appreciate the time. We'll have you back tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about the the, uh, New York Giant defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break. Uh, I got some questions for these guys. We'll talk a little bit more about this defense and how it's going to be affected with Jalen Smith no longer on the team. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com slash Cowboys. Back to the break. Cowboys
2: Nation can join the fight against cancer with 2021 Crucial Catch gear. Every dollar of NFL royalties from this collection will be no- donated to the American Cancer Society. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or log on to the shop.dallascowboys.com.
1: Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, again, the news of the day, Jalen Smith released by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I had a question for you guys that's changed a little bit. I was going to ask you guys in this final segment about Michael Parsons, and uh, we saw you know, he's he's kind of moved around in different games, playing defensive end, playing linebacker. Last week it seemed like, to me, uh, just just without looking at numbers, seemed like he played a lot more linebacker than defensive end last week. How much do you, do you think what – first of all, what do you think they're going to do with him this week? And how much do you think, if at all, Jalen no longer being on the team affects that? I think it can only be a positive thing. And I wrote about this. I wrote a story
3: kind of just thinking forward what might what it might look like. And I'll just pull out my old cliche from a couple of years ago, three to play two. That's what you got now, uh, at least in your in your nickel. And I just – I think of Leighton Vander Esch as my—well, uh, I think of Leighton Vander Esch and Micah Parsons platooning the mic job with Keanu Neal as your primary will. Maybe Jabril Cox is part of that eventually. And just and and the number of snaps Leighton plays just depends on what else Dan Quinn's, Quinn wants him to do. Um, I think he'll play more linebacker as the season goes. But again, you say— we're thinking we want you for 18 snaps down at end and then we can get you 40 at linebacker I don't know however the math works out whatever but so you can swap those two guys in and out
2: you know it's like when you when you do a, another part of this whole thing that I actually was talking to our producer Chris Beam last night who brought this up and it's kind of like when you when you get some loans you know at some point you got to pay it back well, you know, they they had five or six guys. They oh, we could put put these guys on IR. Just put them on IR and then when they come back, they'll, they'll come back later on in the season. And well, here we are and some of these guys are starting to come back, and you got to take somebody's roster spot. And you know, and, and you think about the the younger guys that are been inactive, the McQuaums of the world, where well, they don't want to cut those guys. I mean, they they, they want to hang on to them. So something something's got to happen. They got to pay the piper here and and that's where the Jalen Smiths. And I'm not saying there's going to be more of those, but there's got to be more guys getting cut. There yeah. will be more guys getting released. And so th- that's where a lot of this kind of goes into play. Let's let's not forget that part of it, too, is they had some roster decisions to make. You can't just say, hey, getting real close on Michael Gallup coming back, which he's not. He's actually a few weeks away. But, you know, the Kelvin Josephs, really close. And Neville Gallimore. There's well, a lot of guys. Yeah, right. yeah. There
3: well, could be a bloodletting when the bye week's over, honestly. Yeah. They're two games away. It's, I mean, you know, we'll right. see what happens in these two games. But then on the other side of the bye week, there's probably at least three or four guys that could be. Like, I think Gallup's probably aiming to come back after the bye. I don't know about Gallimore. Joseph is another one. Still haven't heard from Sean McCune. Josh Ball as Josh well. Ball. I mean. Okay, so, so
1: here's the interesting part. If you guys. Think you can give me some names of some guys that you're looking just at, want like me firing are... people here on the air? Just... No, no, no. And and by the way, let's ca- let's put caveats on this. It. Like, there's no, there's no, obviously, no guarantee here. But they do have to make some moves. Who are some of the guys that you look at, and you're like, because of all the things factored in, the money, the contract, how they're playing, the other depth that they have at the position? Who are some of those guys?
2: Ty and Secchi. You know, I mean, Lyle Collins comes back from... from mm-hmm. Didn't even mention Lyle. Yeah, but he should come back in a couple, two more games. Um, you know, then you feel like Steele will be the, you know, swing tackle for sure. Josh Ball's coming back. I just don't see the, the point back there for, five of them. for yeah. Ty, Ty and sure yeah, I mean, I was going to say Brandon Knight for similar reasons. Maybe, yeah. I um, mean, um, you, know, you look at some of these receivers you've got, you, you have... You know, Fajoco, and you have um, Malik Turner now. Yeah, so yeah, you
3: don't need to keep both
2: of them when gallop. he Gallops back. So I mean, you you're, now they needed some more linebackers though. I, I do think they need to add line. I mean, I think at one point
3: Francis Bernard's
2: another IR is, guy, he, or
3: is he, he? He might be pup.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they only had six linebackers with Jalen Smith like when they entered the season, and and that that's not even on. The, I mean, that's the whole team practice squad and everything. That's who they have to practice every week is six. Now they only have five, and you know they had five when Keanu O'Neill was out. So they need a little bit of depth there. But yeah. they don't I'm,
3: have anybody on the practice squad. I don't think so. Yeah, what think... about
2: the secondary? Is there anybody that needs to hanging in there that they? Um, Maurice Kennedy. That's possible. And that's I.
3: Which I don't mind talking about it, but that's. It, there's a lot of moving parts, and there's just no real way to know. So we're just kind of throwing out names of guys who don't have a clearly defined role. That's basically
1: is, what we're doing. Which is actually what we what we're trying to get to is like, what are that? Who is that list of guys yeah. that could be on a list that the Cowboys would have of but, these are the guys yeah. that we may have to part ways with?
2: Bradley yeah. and I. I mean, it's a a player that's you know he comes back from COVID, but I mean you know I don't know what what his role is exactly, and and Kamara is kind of in there too. I mean. Kamara for sure. Kamara's a guy definitely out. and
1: that's that's one that you would you would think that they would hope hopefully they would think, you know, if we gotta cut him, maybe we can get him back to our practice squad if nobody's gonna yeah. claim him, right? Yeah. But I mean it's gonna it,
2: It could get interesting in defensive tackle if Gallimore comes back, Watkins comes back, uh, Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill, yeah. I mean, they got to figure something out there. And we we said that from the whole offseason. Like, there's just too many guys. Something will shake out. And it kind of did. But now, if it gets back into the mix. Well, the
3: other thing, too, and not to sit on the fence too much, but. This it's it's the most violent sport. There's two more games. The odds, I mean, the odds that they make it through two games with nothing happening are slim. So some of these decisions will be made easy for them because yeah. something will happen. And, and I'm not trying to cop out, but that's just the reality of the sport. Right. Yeah. True.
1: Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get it to a little more talk on the New York Giant defense this time against the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Eben, Dave Helman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com
0: radio.